Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all staying safe and taking care in this really intense time. It's been a huge wait to just exist in these final days before the election. 2020 has been an exhausting year, and frankly, Republican and centrist politicians have only made it harder. We're fighting for our lives and freedoms, 
we've struggled to gain for marginalized communities. In spite of all the struggle and pain that we've lived through this year, I see communities rallying together to encourage voting and raising up each other's voices. For me personally, I've kept an eye on particular for the Black and Latinx communities who have had so many campaigns to combat voter suppression and demonstrate that we are in fact the most powerful voting blocs in the country. It's hard to have hope in a year that's tested us all, but for a moment, I have hope in my community's resiliency and our voices. You can't ignore us. We have to keep encouraging each other to participate and the most simple action we can take to take back our country. From there, we can enter the next chapter in our revolution to fight for Medicare for all, to fight for equal rights and opportunities, to work toward a green economy that allows us to outlive climate change, and so many other progressive goals that really just ultimately give back the power to the people. So if you can, get out and vote on November 3rd, Speak for yourself and those who cannot. It's really important. So, you know, keep sharing with each other. Keep giving each other that hope because we need it right now. Okay, on to this week's guest. I'm joined by Ali Jett, who is an incredible songwriter out of Southern California who has pushed to share her voice all throughout 2020. Her desire to tell her stories and share her perspectives has resulted in gorgeous indie rock songs that tell such meaningful stories ultimately um just so everybody is aware for the conversation we do talk about covid in some detail and stuff so um just as a warning that's something that does come up as well as um some of the emotions that surround that um anyway ali joins this week to talk about how she's approached songwriting how she's pushed her creativity during the pandemic her goals as an artist and so much more so with that Let's hear more music by Allie Jett and then hear from Allie herself.
Molly to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Things are going uh, interesting, considering my garage door, you know, just freaked out on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's always like such a struggle when something like that happens. But, you know, just because it's something that I feel like you trust will always just work. And then whenever it doesn't, it feels like too much. Yeah, I, I trusted that it would go all the way up. And you know, it, it just stopped like right here. <laughs> and it just, it just did not close like at all when we were trying to close it. We tried to put duct tape on it and nope. <laughs> duct tape doesn't fix everything. That's one <laughs> oh man, that's such a struggle. Honestly, I've had this kind of like weird home things where uh, I know with me, I've been dealing with this issue with like my shed where the doors won't like stay closed and I have to like try to shove them shut and everything. So I'll get around to it eventually. I think it's just like joys of home ownership and renters deal with this too, of course, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a struggle though. The door. Yeah. It's like my, my house is funny because we, I have this like uh, area in the ground and probably would freak out people who aren't from Florida because the ground dips under because it used to be, my house is built in the area where there used to be orange groves and like what they would do is dig up the hole and they would kind of like burn and bury the ashes and stuff of like the, um, the trees as they like, you know, went through the life cycle and decayed and stuff. So like, um, it was pretty wild. So my yard, I guess, was situated in one of those like whole areas and stuff. And people would probably freak out thinking it's a sinkhole. I'm like, no, that's just, it's just naturally doing its thing, you know? Um, but my shed, uh, because it sinks down over time, my shed kind of uh, tilts a little bit and the ground has shifted a little bit. So now I have to like move my shed or like try to prop it up or whatever. It's really silly and such a weird Florida thing, but it's like, I know that uh, California has oranges too, but still it's like, it's very much like a citrus growing regional weird thing to have happen. Wow. That sounds crazy. I've never heard of that. (laughs) It's so wacky. I like when I was buying the house, I was like, do I really want a house that's got a big dip in it? But like the neighbor came over and told us like, no, 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 this used to be orange groves. It's fine. It's normal. I'm like tight. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't imagine that, like propping it up. Like you don't see that over here in the desert, California. Like you don't see that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're in Southern California, right? Yeah. I'm in the desert. Nobody even knows about us. Like from LA, like (laughs) (laughs) they, they just think we're on the way to Vegas. So I'm like, yeah, you're correct in that. That's pretty much all we're good for. (laughs) (laughs) So wild. Um, have you always lived in that area or did uh did you move there I have always lived there my whole life I mean I was born an hour away from the desert in uh, the city called Fontana but you know that's as interesting as it gets (laughs) (laughs) I've been here my whole life and I was about to go to Fullerton um for college this semester but then the pandemic happened. And so oh. I wasn't able to go. So I would have been an Orange County girl, but I just didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I feel like this year has thrown so many wrenches when it comes to that stuff, for sure. I was actually supposed to be in California a month ago for a vacation and stuff. And COVID obviously ruined all of that. So very sad. I'll make it to California eventually. 
but yeah. I was I was so excited because I was going to be in like the LA Anaheim area and stuff. So I was like, damn it. Eventually, eventually it'll happen. Just got to will it into existence. <laughs> Put it out in the universe. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to keep saying it until like my butt's on the plane and I'm there. <laughs> Uh, well, it's really exciting to be able to talk to you and stuff because I feel like uh, you've got such a great sound to your music and everything that you're working so hard to accomplish this year. Like with how much music you've put out just in 2020, it's super admirable. Wow. Thank you so much. Honestly, it, it's been a lot. Like <laughs> I was supposed to, you know, be able to go out to shows and be able to promote my music in front of people and, you know, keeping it all online. Like it's like, you know, a little discouraging because like you're just trying to find your target audience like they tell you about marketing, you know, and it's like, what the heck is that? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm not a marketer. <laughs> I'm a musician, but you have to figure it out, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just been a lot for sure. Yeah, it seems like even though like we're in the middle of a pandemic and stuff, the market for music just seems so like in a very good way, like saturated. There's a lot of artists who are like still trying really hard to put out music and really trying to still kind of make their voices be heard and everything. So it's, it, I don't feel like it's really, when it comes to sharing music, it has not slowed down too much in that area. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, there've been a lot of like good artists that have come across. Like I like to just like explore like on Instagram every now and then. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, it's become every day. It's like an addiction, like mm -hmm. finding good music, good artists, good voices. It's, it's so much fun once you find like someone that like covers a favorite song of yours. Like I freak out like all the time. <laughs> I know what you mean. That was like part of me really properly falling in love with music was like following down that rabbit hole and just like continuously grabbing for more and more music and stuff it just made it so much more fun and it, it it becomes like an exciting treasure hunt in that way yeah and like honestly it's it's cool to be a part of it and but like I just realized when I watch everything it just humbles me you know where I'm like man that voice I don't have that voice but that's okay uh, you know like it it I used to be very doubtful of my skills, but now it's like, you know, they have their skills. I have my skills and, you know, let's just party. <laughs> let's just make music. <laughs> That's the best attitude to have, honestly, when it comes to like just being involved in music at all at this point, because there's just so much out there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just truly enjoy finding people like that is so fun. Like, especially just comment something nice. Like, mm -hmm. it, it just makes me feel good. Like, I found good music today. Like, check. <laughs> That's so wonderful to hear. I'm glad you're doing that for yourself. And, you know, in that way, too, you're totally spreading that positivity to other people, too, by supporting them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it just cuts so, like, it's become so routine now for me to just go that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I guess I am kind of you know, spreading the positivity, mm -hmm. you know, people need that. I know I, I appreciate a nice comment, you know, <laughs> <need that. laughs> absolutely. So tell me about when you first kind of began to play music and started to kind of like find your voice. Wow. I was eight years old and uh, <laughs> camp rock was on, on Disney channel. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I fell in love with it. And there was this one song 
called Who Will I Be? And uh, I was like, okay, I can sing that one kind of. So, <laughs> so that was the first song that I ever sang in front of anyone. The first person that ever heard me sing was my mom. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll admit that was, it was not a good first try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it did not come natural. It, it took a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, I, that was just me finding my singing voice, grasping like the right techniques and all that. Mm -hmm. I eventually found my songwriting voice more so when I was 11. I was like, you know, it can't all just be singing. Like I have mm -hmm. to be able to at least write something and make something of myself. Mm -hmm. I was 11 too, mind you. <laughs> like what 11 year old thinks that, but <laughs> I guess I was. <laughs> and um, so I started writing. And then it, honestly, by 15, I made my first song just alone and it's out on Spotify and it's still one of my most favorite songs that I've written because I wrote it about a boy that I just fell in love with. He was my first love too. And um, I just remember how frustrated I was to go up to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So, because there was this one time I was walking past him and I wanted to ask him, are you lonely? And then I'm like, that's so creepy. Like in my head, I was like, that's such a creepy thing to ask. So I was, I changed it in my head to, um, are you alone? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that sounds a little less creepy. And I realized <laughs> the difference between being alone and being lonely. And I was like, huh, I can make that into a song. And, uh, and so I wrote it and uh, I made the chords after I was done playing the only exception on guitar. <laughs> I had the my capo on the fourth fret and I just started playing chords and I found something. <laughs> wow. I love that. Yeah. It all clicked. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. And after that, it just became a roller coaster. Like, when am I going to write next? What am I going to write next? Like eventually I found my groove. Um, honestly, it was after another breakup that I had in mind. Um, I was like, 19 I just turned 19 and I finally after that break of got like the gumption to just buy myself a MacBook that I'm talking to you on right now and <laughs> I said I'm gonna do this and all the songs I had written down as ideas it finally came to fruition I finally started recording and uh it just changed my life <laughs> That's incredible that you kind of just got that motivation to just like, okay, let's get the the gear that I need and see where I can take this. Yeah, it, it honestly worked out like to where I had already had the song so I could just start recording immediately. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing that came with some difficulty was learning how to produce and actually make something that didn't sound like trash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... Um, the first song that I recorded was called On the Break. And um, that I still have to release onto my Spotify, but I just adore playing that song live. And um, basically, I just remember like producing it and then putting it out there. And my music friends were like lovingly telling me, Alyssa, you need to go back and change it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I gotcha. I see. <laughs> and um, I was able to kind of learn from there how to produce a bit better. But that's cool that you had like people kind of in your corner who are trying to help kind of support and coach you and stuff. Cause I feel like sometimes it's really hard to get 
honesty out of people, especially when it comes to like, you know, just consuming your art and everything. The fact that you are receptive to what you were told is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I knew them from my choir class that I took in college. So like I trusted them enough, like to like, you know, like to get feedback from them. And I knew it was coming from a good place. Like they Mm -hmm. slid into my DMs. Uh, They're like, you know what? I love where you're doing with this, but there's one thing that's off. And I was like, okay, you're right. And like, they even told me to add in some harmonies and all that. And I was like, you know what? I I can do that. I'm made of that. I'm a musician. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so so awesome. uh, Yeah. Ultimately, that's what I did was just fix everything. (laughs) That's, that's so cool to me though. And like, were you mostly just recording your demos at that point and then um, slowly building to where you were working with other people for recording? Yeah, that's basically how it worked out. Um, originally, it was all just demos, but I was releasing them like they were just, you know, like my singles. But I was just releasing on SoundCloud for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I finally threw my best songs up on Spotify. So that was just alone. And then this other song called She Smiled, which yep. I wrote after um, the book, All the Bright Places. <laughs> um and that book oh god it makes me emotional just thinking about it sometimes because uh <laughs> I read it when I was 14 and uh as soon as I read it I I made a song about it and it sat there for five years and then I finally had like the actual skill to like figure out the correct chords for it like what was in my head mm-hmm. and it it just came out so beautiful so I had to put that song up on Spotify. And that's when I kind of figured like, oh, like, wow, these are my songs. Like they're not just like something I just threw out there. Like, and then I started realizing like, oh, I better start actually telling people about this. (laughs) Um, And then eventually back um, in July, I started working with Jenna Alonzo from uh, SoCal Indie Musicians. And uh, she got me hooked up with Pierre Damore from Overboard Recording. And um, he's amazing. <laughs> he was able to just level out my music. And um, and that's how Melt and um, Bad Dreams came to be. They turned out amazing all because of his ideas and my ideas. Even though we live like 90 minutes away from each other, we were able to just figure it out. And I'm really grateful for everything that they've done for me. That's so cool. It sounds like you found really great people to kind of like help you get to that next step in your music career because Jenna's fantastic. We, um, For everybody listening, Jenna is in Frequency Within, who was a really awesome band that was on the podcast uh, probably about a year or two ago. And everybody in that band is just super sweet, but Jenna is so cool. I feel like I'm always seeing really neat stuff come out of what Jenna's working on. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, I'm, I love the music that she makes. I had been following her stuff for a while. And then um, she had added me onto SoCal Indie Musicians playlist on Spotify. And then she had told me, hey, if you ever need anything, just hit me up. And I was like, okay. It took me like about five months before I was like, and I was so nervous too, but I was like, you know what? I think I need some help like with <laughs> telling people about my music. And she was so nice. And then we had a talk and... And then she picked me up from there and uh, it was, it's been really cool working with her. She's such an amazing person. She knows what she's doing. Like (laughs) it amazes me all the ideas that she has. Like 
she is a great person to work with and to just be around in general. That's so awesome to hear from your perspective. And I feel like um, that's kind of where I started to learn about more of like SoCal bands and stuff is because of people like Jenna who are like really pushing um, for everybody else to learn more about who's in that region. And also just like the amount of talent is just fantastic. I feel like there's always something new to kind of discover in that area because of people like Jenna who are just pushing that stuff forward. Yeah, you you need people like that because honestly, I felt so discouraged about the time that I found her. And that's why I had to reach out because I, I knew I was taking that point where I was like, I'm kind of clueless and I could keep doing what I've been doing that hasn't really been working too well or I can change it. Mm -hmm. She actually helped me change it. Like she knew what I was going after. And um, it's just all worked out from there. I mean, I've been able to push out two singles and it's like crazy to me because the the craziest part is that back in July, literally the same day that I met Jenna, I got COVID. Oh no. Yeah, like I actually had the illness and my boyfriend caught it too. Mm-hmm. And um, Melt hadn't even been recorded yet. Wow. But it was supposed to be released that month. And so I was freaking out. And uh, Jenna like understood what was happening though. And we pushed it back to August. Mm-hmm. And like, because I had her there with me, like I knew that I needed to like keep making music. Like even though something like COVID, like very serious like it nothing like I've ever experienced before <laughs> um but she was able to just keep pushing me and melt came out and it it sounded great <laughs> that's really great that you found somebody who was like in your corner especially during like a particularly like difficult time that you're kind of going through something that's so unknown yeah yeah it was like crazy like COVID like is nothing like a like a flu like at least for me like I tend to get sinus infections sometimes it it's not fun when you're a singer <laughs> but um I tend to get them and I thought that was what I had at first mm-hmm. but then I realized that my taste and smell were not coming back like Ugh. they were just gone so it was it was just a trip it was a way way different than I ever expected it would be. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're on the healing side of everything now because that stuff from what I've been told is is nothing to sneeze at. It's It, it can be really intense for some folks. Yeah, it was really intense for my boyfriend, actually. He has psoriasis, so that was like his underlying condition. Mm-hmm. So it's already like messing with his immune system. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened and then like he almost had to go to the hospital. It was really bad for him. So I I was very worried around that same time too. And um, yeah, it was just a lot to go through. And then to have the single on top of that and to be out of work on top of that, like I was just like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. everything stopped all because of this one little thing. Yeah, it probably felt like things were kind of piling up there and stuff, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. I was I was kind of just unsure what was going to happen next. You know, it was the first time that everything was just out of my control. I couldn't, I couldn't work hard for anything anymore because the only thing I could do is just stay in my room. That mm-hmm. was the only thing I could do. And um, I mean, thankfully I did because I eventually found out that I had COVID and um, so I didn't spread it too much. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sounds like you did what you could by trying to kind of quarantine there and stuff and get yourself on the healing end and help your boyfriend too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it's incredible what you've been able to accomplish in that time though. And like, I'm kind of curious, was there anything that you found that was like healing or motivating for you? Was there any like music that you were going to or just anything that just kind of made you be like, okay, I can get through, you know, this challenge or this experience that I'm kind of going through right now? Oh, you know, there's this one artist that I've been following since I was 10 years old and it's Florence and the Machine. Mm-hmm. She gets me through everything. Like, I mean, I had like a really like terrible senior year because um, my parents had divorced mm-hmm. and uh, I had a breakup happen that same year. Me and my best friend weren't doing so well. Everything was just falling apart that year. And I just remember after I graduated, she came out with an album and it felt like it was my album. Like the first song on it was called June. That's when my birthday is. I was like connection right there. (laughs) (laughs) And it just felt like she made it for me. And not to mention, I got a free two with the concert tickets I got. So I was like, yeah. So I was just like static about it. And like to this day, like I still tear up over that album just because it honestly saved me and just kept me going. And even during like a time like COVID and any day that I just have a tough day, I just turn to her and I just release my feelings. I'm like, you know what? It This is okay. Where I'm at is okay. And it's all because of Florence, honestly, and the way she writes and her music and her voice. God, it honestly that's my form of church right there (laughs) (laughs) thank you Florence (laughs) (laughs) honestly (laughs) um but she just she just keeps me grounded and keeps me going it's definitely her music I love that that's really special Florence is a really gifted performer and songwriter so that's great that you found somebody that you connect to and stuff and it's interesting to me because I feel like um Perhaps in some ways you might be doing that for other people too. Cause I saw that like you have your YouTube channel where you've created some tutorials on how to play covers and put some of your own music on there. What made you decide that you wanted to kind of like share that side of yourself, like your, your musicianship and everything with others on, on YouTube? Well, um, I had gotten a request from someone off of my happiness is a butterfly cover and they're like, can you show me like how to play this? And I was just like, you know, it's it's really that easy. Like to just show someone this is how I played it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like there are people out there where that matters to them. There are some people that read the chords online and, you know, like it just doesn't click with them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you really just need the best teacher to like come out and actually like show you what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just made sure that with each tutorial that I did, that um, I did the right amount of teaching to where it's like, I was just thinking of like every little thing, like, what if they don't understand this? I said this, but that sounds a little confusing. Like I, I was constantly like correcting myself, but eventually I, I came out with like products that I was happy with. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy that I've been able to teach people and that there are people out there that are like, hey, like this this actually worked and they subscribed to me. I'm like, wow, like that's crazy. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I just, 
sorry, go oh. ahead. <laughs> I, I just enjoy it. Like it's, it's amazing to just share. This is what I do. Now you can do it too. Like it, it's amazing to just spread it like that. It is. And like, it seems like you've taken the time to like, think of the things that would have helped you when you were trying to learn or like clarify things that you're like, maybe that's a little confusing. Let me see if I can make that um, even simpler and stuff because you're making music accessible to a lot of people um, who uh, are may not have the resources to go pay for lessons or be able to uh, master those chords by looking at them, like you said. So that's really great resource you put together. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't my intention to like, you know, like there was this one video that got like 3000 views on it. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like it wasn't my intention to like spread it and like, you know, make it like a big deal. But like, I'm, I'm glad that it's been seen by 3000 viewers, you know, or whatever amount. Like, I'm just glad that there are people out there that still want to keep learning music. Like it just pushes me even more. It's like, wow, like these are people that just want to play music. Like that is amazing. Some people, you know, they don't want the fame. They don't want any of that. They just want to play their music because it releases them from something. Mm -hmm. And if I can help that, that's amazing that I've done my job, you know? Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're able to do that for people who just want to play music as well as people who um, just want to enjoy listening to music too, because of just your, your style in general feels very like um, energetic and accessible and just really brilliant. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, of course. How do you describe the songs that you write? What, how would you describe your sound per se? Wow, that's a that's a tough one because honestly, um, I've been trying to figure it out myself for years. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I going after? I've had a lot of different inspirations, you know. Obviously, Florence. Um, when I was thirteen, Lana Del Rey be kind of kind of like became a part of my life a bit more too. Mm -hmm. I noticed that my lower range of voice like kind of matched hers a little and I was like okay we're buddies here <laughs> <laughs> and um so I pulled like a lot of inspiration from them and um I know that when it came to melt I tended to hear like when I was playing like the f chord and the g chord like those power chords I started hearing like vacation by the go-go's on there and I was like that is so cool. And so I just wanted to make it kind of like sweet sounding, even though it's a song about the end of the world. Like mm -hmm. I just wanted it to sound sweet. Mm -hmm. And um, and then with Bad Dreams, definitely The Cure became a big part of that whole process for me. Cause there's a, like this violin sound in there. And I just saw Lullaby by The Cure. Yeah. And I was like, that's what we're going after. <laughs> um. And then another song that will be released um, all the way in February. It's supposed to be released in December, but we figured out like December isn't the best time to be releasing a song that's not a Christmas song. <laughs> 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 um, so that song will be released in February, but it's definitely like modeled after John Mayer because I just adore him. Like I went to his <laughs> concert back in 2017 and I bawled my eyes out. That was the most beautiful concert I've ever been to. That's incredible. It sounds like you've got a really great kind of like 
palette of inspiration for artists that you kind of like going to like pursue their sounds in certain songs and kind of letting that be just like natural parts of your songwriting. Yeah, like it's not like I'm like, well, it worked for them, so I'm gonna try it over here. It just like I just make a sound and I'm like, you know, it reminds me of that. And then I just kind of keep going with it because I realize it's it's just a theme. Mm-hmm. Like that's really all it is. And I'm just like modeling a story at that point. I'm, I'm just illustrating some perspective. And um, it just becomes my song after that, after I've thrown my perspective or someone else's perspective on it. I mean, on the break, isn't necessarily my perspective on um on religion or spirituality it was actually um about a friend's perspective on it Mm. and um i just really enjoyed being able to write from someone else's pain i mean that sounds so weird to say out loud (laughs) but um i just you know was able to just make something out of it and it felt nice to just use something as like simple as like real life or someone's perspective and make it into something loud so (laughs) that was pretty cool that's interesting though that you use that as a part of like your songwriting process though because it's like sometimes it's even more special as a human if you can kind of like empathize and explore somebody else's experience and write along that and kind of process it because it just broadens your understanding of that person and their experience and creates empathy and all that it's super Uh, just a rich thing to do just being as a human (laughs) but even more so as a songwriter in that way too yeah um honestly I I just enjoyed just the process before it used to be so tedious to me because I was like man like if I was talented enough I'd have this song done in 30 minutes like (laughs) I, I was I was that like impatient but now I'm like way more patient way more like you know what, the song is going to take its form when it takes its form. And I mean, I just have a lot of songs sitting on my computer right now um, that I just know aren't quite ready yet or I'm not quite, like, quite ready to like finish them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very excited to release them because I, I just know like in, in like my heart, honestly, not even in my head, but like in my heart, like that those songs came from a good place. Mm-hmm. And that... Uh, only like good things could come from it. Right. And you're kind of being patient with yourself to where you can get the best version of it to the world. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly what I want is the best product possible. I don't want to just like, you know, be like half-assing it over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's not what music's about. Like it's about going all in and making sure that it's the best representation of you. I love yeah. that. That's fantastic. Um, tell me a little bit about your songwriting process. How do you go about kind of writing and working on your songs? Well, it used to be lyrics first, then music. Now it's music first, then lyrics. Um, because honestly, when I hear the music and I hear the sounds, that's when I'm able to create a melody from that point. Mm-hmm. It always goes from guitar or piano to vocals. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes lyrics after that. That's when I'm like, okay, I, I see the story. Now I just need to write the story. So like, honestly, I just visualize like a scene. Like that's really just kind of what starts to happen. There was like this one song that I wrote like quite recently. 
And I just called it Farah just because I was like, you know, let me just slap a girl's name on there and just make it sound so indie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I just, I don't know, it just sounded like a pretty like song. Like it just sounded like about like, it could be about someone that you admire or something that you admire. I don't know. I mean, I just, I felt something from it. And it, I mean, as long as I can feel something from it, that's when I know I'm doing something right. Like, <laughs> but I can like visualize it that I know like, okay, Alyssa, you're, you're on the right track. You just got to do all of this other stuff before it's done. <laughs> um, but that's just the process of, you know, recording and then hearing it back and then realizing, oh, it doesn't sound as good as I thought it did. Let me try. <laughs> Yeah, well, listening back, you can start to kind of identify like, okay, maybe this isn't the right like tone that I want right here or the right chord. Let me try to play with that. Or maybe I need to say something different here. So it's good that you kind of like experiment and listen back and kind of build off of that kind of gut feeling that you're talking about where it's like, it made me feel this. So I want to keep doing that direction. Yeah, like bad dreams came along that way, actually. I um. I've had these chords written down for a while. Like they're like the first guitar chords that I ever like wrote. And um, I was also like played in like basically the same way in the song that I made called Would It Be Easier? And um, so I just put it up like an, a fret and then I just started playing. And then I was like, that sounds quirky. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, okay, let's make it even weirder. And like, it was honestly just a pursuit of how weird can I make this with, without making it sound bad? Like, <laughs> like where, where, where do I draw the line? And um, I was able to draw the line, <laughs> but after a lot of work, after a lot of like figuring out what doesn't work here, it doesn't work there. And then especially realizing that I wanted a guitar solo part. I mean, I had to go on like Wikipedia and I was like, uh, like wiki how I like, there was like, like these different like places, like telling you like how to like make a guitar solo. And then I was like, okay, that's an idea. And so, <laughs> so I just kind of went for it and um, it came out like nice. Like it came out like way better than I thought I could make it. And you know, this is the best part about music is when you surprise yourself. Yeah, I'll bet. And you're kind of discovering like, oh, I can write guitar solos now if I like do this. And, you know, this is the different stuff I can add to my music that maybe I hadn't thought about doing before. Yeah, like I don't need to be Van Halen, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can like you know make something that matches the tone like mm -hmm. I feel like that's the whole point like it's not to just like shred you know <laughs> I mean some people do that and they're amazing at it I yeah. like uh I'll hand it to them like that's amazing um but you know I I know my my limits as of right now and I know that I can't do that but what I can do is follow the tone of the song that I made and just maybe enhance it with a guitar solo and uh, it, it worked out, especially for Bad Dreams. I, I just enjoy it. And uh, with a song that will be coming out in February called Breathe Again, that was my my moment to be John Mayer. And, 
and uh it sounds all right i probably need to tweak it a little because i'm very like picky about sound sometimes but um but yeah i just i just enjoy it now mm-hmm. i i enjoy making like something that enhances my my whole song you know absolutely that's really exciting that you've kind of found your way to do that um so you've like i mentioned earlier released quite a bit of music this year and uh, one of the things that you kind of kicked off doing that was your EP, It All Falls Apart. What was it like for you to kind of first release that during this year? And um, what were some things that you liked about that experience and maybe some things that you learned? Wow, that one. Ooh, that one's just a lot in general. I mean, <laughs> I remember that night the EP came to fruition only because I was like, hey, Michael, Michael's my boyfriend. Uh, I was like, Michael, we need to uh, make some pictures of me and put it up on my Instagram and make my account have an aesthetic. Like, that's just something I was going after when I was like starting out like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what we were going to do is use some uh, Loteria cards. Yeah. And, like, model me after that. <laughs> and um, yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to draw inspiration from uh, the rose on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I put a rose in my hair and everything. And that ended up becoming like the like concept pictures for the EP. And then like the actual like cover album photo for the EP from that random night. And um, I mean, oh, Michael's also my photographer too. So he's <laughs> been around for like everything. <laughs> and um so he basically watched me just get this idea like, you know, I've had all these songs sitting on my computer. What theme can I make? Mm-hmm. And um, that theme eventually became like, with what it be easier, it was about like being like blocked from like someone's life, essentially, like someone blocking you off their phone. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of like, wow, like you can never reach them again. And it's like, it's like the weirdest feeling because it, it almost doesn't feel like natural because it it happened so artificially. Yeah. So I just wrote it based off that reverie. Um, it's just basically about a dream. And then uh, mystery yesterday I had wrote um, after my senior year and it was about my mom and um, after her divorce and all that, and it was my thought on her perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess like the running theme for the EP was like this feeling of longing, mm-hmm. like a longing for someone to like show up and change things. Like that was kind of like the whole point. Cause I think that was where I was at in life was mm-hmm. I was waiting for someone to change things for me, but I had to realize like only I could do all these things. Like people could like my music, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to share it. Mm-hmm. I had to realize, and that's what I learned from the EP is that, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's in control of where it goes. And, um, and so I definitely learned from there, like, oh, I should definitely tell more people about this <laughs> 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 and, um, and, you know, make it less, I don't care. I just make the music and more like, I really care about this. Like this matters to me. Uh-huh. And, um, and actually showing it, actually showing my emotion on my Instagram feed, like this matters. And I want you all to know that. Yeah. 
So that's what I learned from the EP. That's so awesome. And like, you've demonstrated that though, through your ability to just continue to release music this year and continue to share it. The fact that you're like, I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm going to just do this and, you know, make the connections I need to help this grow too. And that's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love all of the different songs that you have released so far. And I picked like three to be able to actually talk about in a little bit more detail with you. Um, One of them was the one you mentioned earlier that was like kind of the, one of the first songs that you really, um, like wrote and put out there and stuff. And that was just alone because I loved like the playful energy to it. Uh, I definitely captured that like kind of like useful, um, like cute feeling that you have when you do have a crush on somebody and stuff. The whole like was cat was hoping to catch your eye, pretend I was just walking by all of that. It's like, we've all been there when it comes to like being attracted to somebody. You know, it's just something that was like a very universal feeling. Um, what was it like for you to really just like, take this song from being the feelings that you had toward that one person and really transform it into something that was like um, a song you could kind of hold on to long-term. Honestly, it, it really came from that like frustration of, and like, it came from like in a weird way from like hating myself. <laughs> Cause I was like 15 yeah. and angsty. So and honestly, the best songs can sometimes come out of angst. Yeah. So honestly, I guess it, I've transformed it into just feelings into like actual song. Honestly, just due to this one chord, because I was very impressed that I found it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a G chord, but all I did was just move my index finger over to the D string. And then it sounded very pretty. And I was like, oh, it feels like this. Like, it feels like that longing for for someone. It sounds like it. I just got so excited. And um, I just really went with um, the chords that I was playing. Um, that, that was definitely, like, the baseline for it. And then the lyrics, I was just like, I need to make this rhyme. <laughs> It was like the first song that I ever wrote. So I thought that some, that was something that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was like what I went after. I remember like the original lyrics. Um, Your name rings through my tongue and it burns like a loaded gun. I remember I changed it to the loaded gun part because I was like, ooh, it makes it sound edgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that was... That was my whole process on it, lyrics, <laughs> music, and all. <laughs> it turned out really great. And it's definitely one of the ones that I kept revisiting again and again as I was like exploring your music, honestly. So all of that work and all that thought definitely paid off in that song for sure. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel that way about actually pretty much all the songs, especially that we're going to talk about and stuff. Um, like Melt was super incredible to me because it felt like um, – you know, this beautiful creative release, even though you were talking about the end of the world, right? It it felt like in some ways, almost like a, uh, something that felt almost celebratory in a way, because maybe it was just the tone that you inflected on it. Maybe it was the nature of you releasing this video after recovering from COVID, but it felt like, um, 
like we just explored so many different emotions within the space of that song and even the video too. What was it like for you to um, be able to work on the song and then finally release it? Well, uh, I made it while I was still sick with COVID. I was just so tired of sitting in my room by myself. So I like carefully like went over to, um, I have like this music room in my house. My mom was like kind enough to give me one. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we first moved into the house, so I like ran over there and grabbed my things and went back to my bedroom. And then I just plugged the mic in and I had already made it like two years prior. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it kind of sounded a little like it sounded a little flat to me. So that's why I added in like the little belting part, like in like this second chorus, because I was like, you know what? I can do that. And my mom kept telling me, I want to hear your voice in your songs, Alyssa. <laughs> and so that's why I finally like went after. It was the first time that I really belted in my songs. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I did enjoy it though. I remember like <laughs> I kept practicing that part so much that I eventually found something that clicked and something that sounded like melodic enough to like put there without it sounding too like splotchy in the sound. Mm-hmm. And um and that was basically like what it was like recording it. The writing process for it had actually been done two years prior um, with a, with an ex of mine. Well, now he's an ex, but at the time we were together. <laughs> and um, it was something that um, I remember I, I'd come up with because I I liked the thought of, of, of the world ending, I guess, because of this one tool song. I forget what it's called. <laughs> but he kept saying, I want to watch it all go down. I'm like, that's badass. <laughs> and so it was something I wanted to like go with. And so the word melt came to mind. Mm-hmm. And um I just thought it sounded really it sounded lovely in a in a way, you know, like to melt away and to make it sound lovely um like such a like sad topic. I mean, I just felt like I I was just really enjoying the creative process. Definitely. I can feel that throughout the entire song and like particularly the part where it goes, the world is catching fire and I'm climbing to watch it go to see the marvel of the show, the cluster set to blow, all of that. That's something I feel like um, a lot of people I think have been living in that kind of mood, if that makes sense, because we're literally watching so many aspects, I feel like, of life kind of... Um, crumble away whether we're talking about like our social norms with everything going on with covid to um our political landscape sometimes so many different other things that are just going on in our lives right now collectively to where it's just like you kind of feel like you're watching something you don't get to be you can be a part of it but it's like do you it's just feels so spectacular and strange that does feel more like a show than it does something that's real at certain times and stuff and I just feel like that captured such a mood that I feel like a lot of us kind of had had over the last couple of years yeah I I mean I kind of realized that I released it like a really like relevant time Mm -hmm. I I released it two years ago like it would have just been like that's a weird song Alyssa but like (laughs) But like, it didn't turn out that way. It was, it became something that people could relate to after it felt like the world was ending for like six months already at this point. I think it's been yeah. six months. Yeah. 
It's wild, but you captured something so meaningful in that song. And yeah, um, I like that it's starting to get some attention and stuff. And I can't wait for it to reach more people's ears because it's definitely so meaningful. Wow. I I really appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And like at the time of us talking, I got the sneak preview of Bad Dreams and stuff. That one's coming out um, later in October and stuff. And I loved it. To me, it gave me a little bit of that seasonal haunting vibe. Um, Actually, it was kind of funny because I was playing it this morning before you and I got together. And um, I was playing it through my speakers. My boyfriend was playing a video game and the like darker chord and stuff actually scared him. Oh my God. (laughs) Because he was playing like a dark part of the game. (laughs) We were laughing. He's like, whoa, that was was a lot in, in a good way, you know? And I feel like just, it totally fit the vibe of that whole song though is because it is very like striking in that way um tell me about writing and putting together bad dreams Ooh, that was an interesting one um it was actually about a bad dream that I had I woke up it was one of those dreams where you wake up and you just text someone to make sure that they're okay (laughs) it was just so vivid um it was basically about um my boyfriend and um he had told me once that he had like been into like wicca culture and all that i think for some reason that played a part in his role of being a satanic worshiper in my dream and oh I my gosh so, yeah i was like so scared and i was like this person that i love is this like that was kind of the whole theme of it and um so basically i just was like you know what I just went through sounds like the chords I was just making. Like at that time, it was like only like a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I can put that together. And um, so I basically wrote it about like, cause there was also like this girl that was in the dream with me too. That was kind of like pushing along the story. Mm. And um, so that was, that was odd. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I just said it's March 17th. I'm in a bad dream. I just, March 17th is just like a random date um, for me. But um, I like that it it rhymed with dream and that I was like, okay, I'm rhyming. I'm getting the gist of what's happening here. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I was also watching the new um, Conjuring movie at the same time too (laughs) on HBO. (laughs) And, um, and, um, it was, I just took inspiration from the Annabelle doll. And I was like, she took me by my eyes and left me in a fright. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, the mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it took like so many different inspirations, like came from it. Um, and then the chorus, um, I've seen what I like. She puts me in drive. That was just, uh, that was honestly just based on like the girl. And, uh, you know, I'll just be honest. Like it was a weirder dream because for some reason I see I'm straight, but for some reason I was attracted to her. And so that's why like (laughs) I wrote it. And that's what weirded me out even more about the dream was, was that part. And so that's why I wrote that I see what I like. She puts me in drive. I was like, you know what? That's the best way I could sum up how weird that was for me. 
Yeah. It kind of stirred some like unconscious feelings perhaps that you needed to kind of explore and everything. And that's pretty cool that, you know, you were able to kind of like recognize those kind of feelings that you had and like process them in this way. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a journey to just reach the end. Cause I remember like, I was like, calling up my boyfriend and like checking with him like does this make sense to you like because to me at first it also just like splotches of pain on the paper like sure. <laughs> at first but but then I realized I was actually telling a story and um and I realized that it didn't necessarily have to be one thing to the next I didn't have to explain the dream the way it was I could make it different mm-hmm. and um so it, it helped me get over how weird that dream was too for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just by changing the like events of what happened. Right. Cause at that point it's like, you can kind of put some lucidity into it and try to be able to tell a story based off of that um, kind of like astral experience you had, <laughs> but also be able to um, put some meaning behind it for what you know in real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something else that dream. I just had to get it out there, and it just so happened to match with the chords I just made. Um, and honestly, those chords, like like I said, they came out of nowhere. They it just all popped in. But but honestly, I knew I was making a mood, and I sh- I had even showed my mom that night too. I was like, Mom, you gotta listen to this, and she was like, Wow, I I could feel something from it. And I was like. Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the validation you need, especially from like your first audience being your mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say like, don't trust your mom if she tells you that your music's good. But I'm like, my mom would tell me if, like she doesn't, if she doesn't like my music, like it's not that like she's harsh, but like she like she has like a certain taste mm-hmm. and she'll just make sure to tell me like whether or not like it suited her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know that bad dreams didn't necessarily suit her, but she does like the song. <laughs> That's good though. Cause like, I feel like sometimes if you can reach into an audience that doesn't like typically go for the sound that you're working on, you still were able to kind of like hook them in some way. That's a really good sign because that means it's going to reach across more areas than maybe you anticipated. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, w- I was really happy when she listened to it and she had told me that like it that sounded a certain way that it sounded scary. And <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Check. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I I enjoy that song. I'm that's actually a song that I'm very proud of. Um, just because it, it really just came out of the shadows of, of my brain. And, <laughs> and um I was able to connect to that part of me and it opened up a lot more doors for, for other songs of mine. I love that. What a great, like just creative experiment for you to go on there. And the results are fantastic. Um, Your songwriting has so much variety to it and sound and what you're saying in your music and stuff. And I love that about your music because there's just so much I can get from it. I'm kind of curious from where you are right now, what's something you really want listeners of your music to really get out of that experience? Wow. Uh, Honestly, I've always wanted them to understand 
that it it comes from a place of someone that's constantly feeling like disassociated from society mm-hmm. like this this doesn't come from like enjoyment you know like of everything like it, it comes from like a place of like because see i'm an only child so mm-hmm. i've i never had like siblings growing up or anyone to really relate to in my life so it really all just comes from one perspective of someone that's seen thousands of perspectives <laughs> and um just being able to put in into one song and then another song like i just enjoy putting my world into one song. And so I just want people to understand like that it it comes from an actual like deep place mm-hmm. that and it's okay for for them to listen when they're in that mood. Like it's okay for them to connect to my music because I know that for me like sometimes it's hard for me to connect to other artists aesthetics because they're so happy or they're so cool i'm not about being cool i'm about actually showing off your feelings that that's genuine that's right there you know filters are nice to have every now and then (laughs) depending on the situation but in art what filter like where is it you know like and that's my big thing is that you don't need to have a filter to have to to be able to understand what you're listening to you just have to be able to think deep enough and realize what's within you i guess that's really awesome and it's great that you bring that to your music and you're kind of encouraging others to do the same in that way um with that kind of in mind maybe what's something that you would want people to know about you as a musician or as a person um honestly i that I've been through like a lot of like different things that could have honestly hurt my actual like creativity. Like I remember like there was a time where my parents weren't so like supportive of what I was doing with music and I'm a really good student. That's why I'm still in school just because I, I enjoy being a part of it. Mm-hmm. But like at one point or another, it became like kind of like harmful towards like the actual things that I love doing. Um, and so I guess I would just want people to know about me that like I was able to like make it through all of this doubt from other people. And honestly, the biggest obstacle that I realized is myself. Mm-hmm. And I guess that that's something that I want people to know is that I'm just as human as they are and that I am still doubting myself every day about what I'm doing, but I'm just staying patient. Like that's, that's what I really want people to know is that there, you have to be patient and that you can really work for anything you want to do. I mean, I have the biggest like product of that is the fact that I'm even talking to you right now. <laughs> like, it, it took a lot for me to be able to actually make quality music. And now I'm here and I realized that my music is reaching people and it's really crazy. <laughs> it is. Well, I really respect your honesty about your perspective and your experiences and stuff here. To me, that's one of the things that makes 
you as a songwriter and as a person so special and stuff because it takes a lot to be able to put that recognition in yourself and hopefully what you've shared and stuff that helps other people recognize where they can kind of like find that confidence find that courage and just like keep pushing through to keep creating yeah that's like the biggest thing is that so many people will stop and like you know so many people have potential like and you don't need someone necessarily to tell you that you have potential you just have to see it within yourself you just have to feel it that's the biggest thing is that my family is not musically inclined at all but for some reason i caught on to it and that <laughs> that's something that still keeps me going is knowing that for some reason some unexplained reason I wanted to make music when I was like a little five-year-old. I was singing Gwen Stefani songs. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, that that doesn't just happen. It comes from actual place. And if there's anyone out there that has a similar story or even a different story, like, and but you feel it within your heart that that's what you're supposed to do, then you have to do it. You have to do it. Otherwise, you're you're literally not showing yourself what you could be. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. That's like so motivating, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes from a lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely understand. I can respect that. Um, you know, you've had a really busy year of 2020, honestly, with all the music that you've put out, everything you plan to do as far as releasing that song in like February and everything. But what are some of your goals you have for yourself as a musician? whether it's in like the coming months or, you know, maybe goals just in general, things you want to be able to do. Honestly, I would love to be able to reach more people just in general and uh, be able to see them in person again after <laughs> the pandemic. I really, um, I really want to hone in my performing skills because uh, I mean, I used to be like this, like, obnoxious performer <laughs> when I was like 14 like a part of like this like performing group I was very outgoing but now I'm like way more reserved I noticed and I'm kind of like I need to find a balance because I also want to show people my personality and that I have one it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel so quirky sometimes like when I'm up there I just kind of like hi guys I, I guess I'll show you a song like that's just <laughs> that's just me like when I'm in front of like 50 people, I'm like, oh my God, like, that's crazy. Like they all see me right now. And I think that's the best part too, is that like they see me and like, I can finally like voice my truth instead of having other people talk over it. That's like the one moment in time where it's like, I can actually like sing it out mm -hmm. and let it be that. And, and like they say, just leave it all on the stage. Like, I really try to do that. And that's something I want to invest more into and like actually build more skills into that so that I can feel better when I leave stage mm -hmm. rather than like, oh my God, did I do okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like it takes a lot of confidence to be on a stage. It's something that even when I did like my one live podcast show, that was a whole experience in itself. And it's like, uh, to build up that confidence and that personality that you really want to show on stage, your authentic self and stuff is uh, a huge challenge, but I respect the hell out of everybody who pursues that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there are so many great performers out there. And I, I just like respect how, how they're just able to just overcome mm-hmm. any nervousness that they have. Like they just overcome it and they make something good out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to do that too. I'm going to do it someday. I know it. It just takes patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so amazing to me. Okay. Um, so one last question for you. I always like to do to close on an interview. If you could play a show with any three artists or bands, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would you want to play with? That's a good one. <laughs> uh, honestly, um, Florence, Florence Welch, Lana Del Rey and John Mayer, all the top three people that I saw in concert. Those are the ones I'd love to like play with. Like, because I actually saw him live and I, was, I connected. I, I cried. Like, <laughs> that's how I just like that. That's where my answers come from. Is just knowing how much passion they put into their performances. And I'd love to be able to do that too. They're my inspiration. So, so yeah, it's definitely those three. I love your answers. And I hope that you continue to grow to have those kind of opportunities come your way. Cause I like to send a little vibe into the universe that something cool ends up happening to the people I talk to on this show where they either get to play a show with somebody or find a connection or whatever it takes to kind of just keep growing in that direction. So this is your vibe. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Allie, it's been such a blast to talk to you. Um, where can everybody keep up with you and your music online? Uh, they can find me on... Wow, I just have so many platforms. Like I'm never, <laughs> I'm never prepared for this part. Um, it's the biggest thing that I forget to say on stage. But you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, even Deezer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone forgets about Deezer, uh, so don't forget it. <laughs> and um. Oh, man, I'm just trying to think of all the other apps on my phone. Oh, YouTube. You can find me on YouTube. I, I love YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely find me on there and uh, leave a comment. I'll, I'll talk to you back. I, you know, like I'll I'll always respond, <laughs> <laughs> especially to something nice or interesting. I'll always respond. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's that's where you can find me my jams. <laughs> I love this. Well, everybody, please make sure you keep up with Allie because her music is great and I can't wait to see what else she does. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you for everything. Like, thank you for even bringing me on here in the first place. Like <laughs> I, I appreciate how much you actually like my music, how much like, I could tell you actually understand it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Only, I, that's the only way I can approach talking about music, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though. That. It's amazing how much energy you put into this, like, and it shows how passionate you are about it. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the heck out of it. So thank you. Thank you.
so much to Allie for reaching out and sharing all of her new songs and what's ahead for her. Be sure to stream Melt and Bad Dreams and also be sure to follow her for more of her upcoming music. I really love what she's doing with her sound and I know you're all going to love it too. (laughs) That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy, Kitz Miller, Sam Zarowitz, Orla Tinsey, and Erica Fries. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and remember to vote. Take care and bye for now.